We were going to release this episode on Patreon, but with Calvinism trending this week, it was just too much fun to leave behind the paywall. This is a Lutheran pastor playing yay, nay, or nuance with the five points of Calvinism. As we've mentioned before, probably the only thing we're good at in regards to this show is actually making the show. Otherwise, we are unskilled at promotion, unskilled at everything else. So the only thing I really have to promote is the Patreon, where we make more stuff like this. Okay, enjoy the episode. All right, we are back. We are here uh, continuing on. We are with Pastor Jacob Eichers. This is going to be bonus content of some form. And we have a guest here, and it's a guest we like. And so we figured we'd play a little yay, nay, or nuance. But we are playing it with a Lutheran pastor. So tonight we are playing yay, nay, or mystery. So Pastor Jacob Eichers, <laughs> you can choose mystery if you so uh, desire. And so uh, there's only one thing our uh, audience needs to know the thing that they care about is your opinion of the tulip of the five points of calvinism so i have brought five sentences so um in seminary the five points for me were distilled into like you know five contemporary explanations of of all of these five points which are taken from uh as i should never never neglect to advertise these are taken from a huge large confessional document with hundreds of words describing the proper um, recipients of baptism. Like this is, this is an expansive document that has become five sentences. And so um, (laughs) there's a lot more to this, but uh, for the sake of good radio and summaries and an interesting conversation, we're going to start here. So um, the, uh, a yay is a, a hearty agreement with the statement. A nay is a, a hearty disagreement with the statement and a mystery is the answer. I assume you will give to all five as a, uh, <laughs> as a good Lutheran pastor. And so I will then offer uh, Michael um, a brief, like uh, either, no, this is kind of why we still think this or, you know, and whatever. And so I, uh, I'm guessing we go, I think we go, we go, we might go two for five with you. So we'll find out. We'll find out. I'm putting the over under at five. If you're a listener at home and don't think making those types of bet is bets are a sin. So here we go. So number one, and I am not going to read the, um, the like uh, traditional reformed name because I think those uh, might um, poison the well as it were. So I'm going to just read the sentence um, and you're welcome to identify them or not. Pastor Michael, actually, why don't you identify them after he gives his, uh, uh, yay, nay, or mystery. So here's right. the first one we're going to do. So since the fall, humans are enslaved to sin and by nature bent towards evil in every part. Since the fall, humans are enslaved to sin and by nature are bent towards evil in every part. <laughs> yay. I, 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 right. I, I want to say, I want to say, yay. All right. I thought um, this was one of the few we would yeah. get a, full, a yay with. So yeah. So so tell us why you want to say yay um, on to this one. So again, I suppose the the only thing we again even even in Lutheran churches we say this. And so it's not technically. It's like by you know the we by sinful uh, sinful by nature. Uh, you know right. this idea 
again, I think in colloquial saying, right, of course, I, I would agree with that. I think the only distinction we maybe need to make would be that, um, again, humanity itself cannot be inherently corrupt unless otherwise Christ's incarnation would be, uh, would, would Jesus would have been sinful being human, right? So yes. maybe maybe that's just a super fine point, but no. I, I agree with it. But just make sure that we understand that humanity um, essentially is not evil. It is accidentally, <laughs> accidentally right. evil. You know, it's not I mean, a, yeah. If you want to use Platonic distinctions, yeah. Uh, even though it is a big problem, it, we we are very corrupt. We are totally okay. I know. I mean, I can pretend like I don't know which one that is, but it's, we're no. totally depraved, right? But you perfect. Can think of, you got it. Right? It's it not. It's it's not as that people are doing the worst thing they possibly can. It's that yes, every part of them is 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 right. corrupt, right? And, and so and I think that. And I think you're at a. You, this is why. Um, it's very important that this one is front loaded with since the fall, right? right so yeah. that there is a, yep. um, because right. uh, there, now there have been some in the reformed tradition who have posited a total loss of the image of God, right? That, that, uh, right. that, that, um, but that is not uh, the reformed consensus, nor um, the, the opinion of where uh, this, this point of the five points comes from. Right. Pastor Michael, do you want to add anything else before we no, go on I to think- number? This I think that's one. good. Um, I this think this is our that, solid one. Just yeah, so you know, this is the one I felt <laughs> right, solid yep, about. Yep, yep. Felt pretty good about this one. Uh, it's. I think what you even said though is an important distinction, even for those who are reformed, mm-hmm. um, that like there is a, like because mankind is is essentially good in the sense that mankind was created upright. What you know um, was created uh, for God and in the image of God. Um, this is why we can say that uh, though sin has impacted every area of our lives every you know piece of what it means to be human it has not done so to such an extent that the image of god has been absolutely blotted out um that's just not something that uh i think the scripture would teach okay so here we go um number two i was going to switch these up in an order but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play it that hard so here we go god's decision to save someone does not ultimately depend on anything in that person god's decision to save someone does not ultimately depend on anything in that person god just the third time (laughs) one more time three is a good number god's decision to save someone does not ultimately depend on anything in that person yes yes so we have another yay so this was the second one that I was hoping we would make it on pastor Michael. He gave a yay to what, what does this describe? Yeah. So this is unconditional election. Correct. That God and, go ahead, Jacob. I was just going to say it, it, it's interesting because in preparing for this interview, I was doing some research of kind of modern Lutheran history. And this was a big problem in Lutheran circles. Like, mm. you know, before, before the LCMS, before we had like the big three uh, denominations, there were certain synods, smaller synods that are not, ex- that no longer exist that they disagreed with that. Right. And so, so, you know, if, if my ecclesiastical supervisor is listening, he'll give me a kudos because the LCMS does, <laughs> does agree with that. And that was one of the dividing lines between us and other synods in like the 1800s. So, and, and this again, is, yeah, this is a very interesting thing because this is one of the, this is one of the things I think that is often not known about Lutherans, but this is, this is the monergism. Right. That, that Lutherans hold to, um, though a different flavor as we might find in the next three. So we're two, <laughs> we're two for three. So here we go. So 
yay, nay, or mystery, Christ's atonement was intended by God to secure the redemption of the elect alone. Christ, nay. Okay, a hard yeah, I don't need, I don't <laughs> that was that, that was quick. Again, too. You don't need again. So what? What part of the or or what is what are you objecting to or um, objecting to in this statement? Right. Uh, we would say that uh, Christ died for the sins of the world. Right. Uh, for God's love the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Again, we would uh, Christ. This, we're not univer- I mean, we're not universalists. We wouldn't say that everyone's going to heaven. But we say we would say that the atonement that Christ has won um, was for the entire world. You know, Hitler, um, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, we're, not, we're also not saying Hitler's in heaven, right? So right. you can you can reject that, even though Christ did did win win the atonement. Mm-hmm. Right? It did forgive the sins. Yeah. As you work that out, can you um, maybe work out? So how does how does the atonement of Christ on the cross cover? Hitler or in what way, you know, right. did he die for Hitler? And I love that you brought that up. He, so he lost the <laughs> so argument because he was the first to one to, that one's to long. bring up that one's Hitler. Long. Yep. Right. So, <laughs> yep. so just, just for those playing at home, he, right. You know, again, the, I, I should have, I should have had some Bible verses handy, but, but sure. I think the analogy I would use would be, um, you know, for, if forgiveness is like, is like getting a million dollars in your bank account. You know, God has the ability to transfer that money. He has infinite wealth, so to speak. Um, but you can choose, you, you can choose to reject the fact you can choose to disbelieve it. You can choose not to draw upon that account, you know, so essentially Hitler has since forgiven. Um, but he has, cho- has chosen to reject that forgiveness, you know, so he's choosing to, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, like the, the parable of the of the um, of the wedding, right? Where again, it's somewhere in Matthew, yep. right? Where they have this wedding, and everyone has their wedding garments. Um, and this guy comes in with a you know tuxedo T-shirt, and they're like, "What's what are you doing here?" And it's like, "Well, like he was didn't know what to say," and then he gets kicked to hell, I guess, for wearing a tuxedo T-shirt or whatever. <laughs> You know, I mean, so this idea, I, again, the idea would be... That's in the Lutheran version. Yeah, the Lutheran, uh... yeah, Tuxedo t-shirt, yeah, yeah our, our translation. But, like, yeah. the idea would be, in a sense, in that analogy, Hitler had the wedding garment, but he chose not to not to wear it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he chose to reject it uh, through his actions and through his... Yeah, so, again, I, I know I know you disagree with, with, with it, Um Hey, that's all right. We're playing with you. We're, I mean, we've, right. we, so, we've yeah. spent a lot of time on these things. I, right, I will right. say it is an interesting, if there is an interesting thing here too, and we're not going to, we're not going to go all the way down this path, but there is right. Obviously this is limited atonement. Um, right. And I mean, this is the one that even people want to be a four point Calvinist right there. You know, this yep. is the one that if anyone backs off from, it's this one. People might think that Lutherans aren't fun, but when we tell them that we believe in <laughs> limited atonement, <laughs> that's right. That's when everyone I mean, leaves our all party. of all of our evangelical listeners are like, man, we kind of like this guy now versus, you know, Matt right. and I. <laughs> what's what's fascinating is so then it's 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 um, categorized against in contradistinction of unlimited atonement, which is mm-hmm. why most reformed people don't like to call it limited atonement anymore. They call it yeah. definite atonement. Right. Mm-hmm. They want to define on the intention of God. What is the intent, right, of the atonement? Um, in the Luther, in the Concordia Luther's smaller catechism, this is how 
this is how deep I am, folks, with uh, Lutheran stuff. They define the view as it is explained there as universal atonement, right? So mm-hmm. they, of course, um, as right, they don't they don't play in the box of you know of these people, right? They take a uh, um, uh, a different, you know, they're completely off this kind of a map in how they're, you know, where they're putting this one. So, anyways, we will go on. Let us do number. So here we go. God's special redemptive grace infallibly secures salvation for those who receive it. God's special redemptive grace, in fact, you could call it saving, right? Infallibly secures salvation of those who receive it. Right. And it, uh, I would say nay. Okay. Tell us why. Right. And again, part of this is like, I, you know, like I, I've been trained <laughs> because I've been trained too well, you know, but it's <laughs> grace. Grace is re- resistible. Right. We would say okay. this is right. I mean, um, we would say that again, this is, this kind of ties into our larger system of, of doctrine. Right. Um, the baptized can be saved. And this kind of does tie into the P. Right. Um, right. Yeah. The, the, uh, you can choose to commit theological suicide. It's mm. not great. I, I would never suggest it. Um, but you can be saved, really experience the, 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 the special grace of God, and then, you know, shipwreck your faith. And we would say, you know, we would say that you were actually a believer at the time, um, but you, you, you used your will in a perverse way to uh, abstain from the word and sacraments to live in, you know, again, I mean, you, you can, there's a whole bunch of things, right? You know, living in impenitence, um, absenting yourself from the means of grace that would give you kind of a lifeline of of faith um so yeah i mean that would be how i'd explain it michael is grace is grace resistible uh no so i mean obviously we believe in irresistible grace this is what we're talking about i know you kind of already alluded to it um that the grace of god uh does its work it is not something that you can run away from that you can uh resist in that way um and you already i mean what's i don't know if you just want to ask the last question because we already started to get into it tie together you know grace is resistible except for all the times in the Bible where it is not right in those, <laughs> in those cases. Uh, so a lot of people resist grace. Okay. Until they receive it, as I said. So, all right, let's do the final one. Let's do the P. All right. Uh, and this one, I think I don't want to take too long because we're going to, we're, we're, we're right at the point where we want to end, but I do think, yeah, this one, you got some splaining to do uh, Mr. Ikers. So, yeah. uh, all right. God's, uh, special, and we'll, we're going to keep using this, uh, special saving grace will keep genuine believers faithful to Christ until the end. Right. I would, again, uh, nay. <laughs> yep. Everybody, that was, uh, that was two for five. So I am, uh, I am, uh, called I, the odds. Yeah. Yeah. I called it. So, all right. So, so tell us why, um, uh, Tell us why this is a this is a nay. Right. Again, we would say that um, uh, that it's possible for people to fall away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's we could even look at uh, even the Bible. Right. And again, um, I'm trying to think. Okay, yeah, the Bible. Right. Uh, 
but I think it's Himenaeus, right? Himenaeus, <laughs> um, uh-huh. uh, delivered Paul. over to Satan. Uh, right. Paul talks about this like mm-hmm. random guy. You're like, that guy must have done something really bad, right. you know, or something like Ananias and Sapphira, right? Um, mm-hmm. Again, I, I don't think, I think most people would say Ananias and Sapphira probably didn't die in a state of, I mean, did they, I don't think they died as believers, right? Um, again, the, the question always becomes, right? When you're, when, it, when it's ten o'clock at night, I guess we're at the time of that time of the night, right? And you drink, mm-hmm. you know, drinking beer and eating pizza, um, you know, you're like, well, were you actually never a Christian to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. We would say that that you can actually be a legitimate Christian, um, and in those instances, those people who have been delivered over to Satan or, or do fall away, um, they they don't persevere, right? And again. You're probably going to quote to me something like John 10, right? Um, no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, what do you guys I'm not think? going to, but I, <laughs> I, I want to, I, I want to recount one of the, the more perplexing experiences I had in a Lutheran, uh, a Lutheran, a sermon on John 10. Uh, right. I don't know if I will for the sake of time. I want though to, and you guys can tell me, we'll let Jacob answer this. My, my follow-up question would be for just someone listening going, Oh wow, that sounds scary. What yeah. is the source of assurance, right, for the for the brain, right. right? Like that's probably the more important practical yeah. question um, for right. them. And I would say, you know, we would say that um, kind of the, the my flippant answer is, you know, shut up and look at Jesus, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and and again, what is? But then unpack what that means, right? So um, don't look at any time we look at. I think sometimes. Um, understood wrongly, you know, uh, certain certain denominations of Christianity could be so inwardly focused, whether, you know, uh, that, that you end up, when you doubt, you end up looking, you know, did I do the right things? Mm-hmm. You know, did I pray the right prayer? You know, am I really elect? You know, I don't think that's a helpful question to ask. Mm-hmm. Am I really elect? Uh, I think it's look to Jesus and look in the places he promises to be, right? So uh, this is where the monergism kicks in, right? Christ chose you in baptism. Um, wonder if you're a Christian, you know, you're baptized into Christ, um, you know, uh, doubt your faith, uh, you talk to a pastor, well, are there certain sins that you're, that are bothering you? I, I, as a certain, you know, I, in my office as a pastor can pronounce the forgiveness of sins to specific, to specific things that are bothering you as a call and ordained servant of Christ. You have the, the gift of confession and absolution. You have the gift of the Lord's supper as real as the, the, the bread and the wine that is touching your tongue as you, as you partake of Christ's body and blood, that is as real as the forgiveness is for you. Um, and so if you're doubting, if you wonder if you're going to persevere, don't, don't try to like, you know, look, look at a crystal ball, look at those places and keep on, keep on, keep being in those places where God promises to be. Right. Mm. And I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, would you guys, obviously you guys disagree with me on perseverance of the saints, but how is that for a speech? I mean, do you, oh, what do you no, guys think about it's that? It's, yeah, it's, I mean, right. we. I feel like we, you know, basically we're saying the same thing, right? Basically somebody's coming to me, we're right. saying the same things. Um, the, you know, as far as the, it's just the practical outworking of that, um, that is right. going to be maybe be a little bit different. And, and I think that um, the Luther's concern and the Lutheran concern um, with some of, some of these doctrines, or at least some of the way some of the ways the reformed formulated their monergism was that it would be a, that it would encourage a looking for assurance outside of Christ, right. In yeah. some kind of, of understanding of providence yeah. or right. these kinds of things. Um, 
And so, but no, I think that that is a in, entirely helpful thing, which is why one of the reasons I, I didn't know you would give a, such quite a good speech, but it is why I asked <laughs> because I did yep. think it is actually very helpful for people um, to hear that. So, you know, yeah. and, and I think, I mean, I think I know that you have a variety of people listening to this, this sermon or the sermon, this podcast, right? But, you know, whether you're a Baptist who, who believes in an altar call or, or some kind of like sinner's prayer or you're, or you're reformed who, who believes, you know, again, I suppose, you know, again, a caricature might be, you know, once saved, always saved, so I can do whatever I want or whatever, mm-hmm. or even Lutherans, you know, or Catholics who say like, I was baptized, so I'm good now. I think all of that, if, if you say because of X, yes, I don't need to take my yeah. faith seriously and I can just live like a pagan. And you can fill in X as baptism, as as predestination, as as a sinner's prayer. Um, I think that's you're on dangerous ground, right? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think that any one of us would say that, and that it's not. But it's not again. It's not a. Or it's not a turn into works. It's not saying you had to work out your salvation then, mm-hmm. um, through your own works. But it is go keep on going to the places where God promises to be. Um, that you know what i mean i mean i think that's all of those all of those are examples of presumption all of those are you know they're they're differently culturally and you know theologically driven but they're all built on presumption right they're not built on faith on christ which is what you're describing right um, which is important yeah Um, well jacob how does it feel to be a two-point calvinist (laughs) i mean it's 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 a it's fail you know if it was if it was a a grade i would be failing so you know (laughs) you know the two-point calvinists to be fair were never condemned uh but the four-point calvinists were so you know i guess there's there are worse clubs to be part of that's true yeah sometimes sometimes uh, it's the it's the and it's the funny thing is the funniest thing is like sometimes the closest cousins are the ones we hate the most totally So you have to see them all the time. So that's right. Exactly. (laughs) You have to see them at Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Jacob, this has been really fun. Yeah. Thanks for for letting me come on and and, uh, hopefully you got some good audio for for the the podcast. I think a lot of it was very good. All right. Before we get off though, I am going to where, I don't know if we'll, maybe I'll put this behind something or whatever, but. Thank you, Pastor Jacob Eichers, for coming on, playing some yay, nay, or mystery with five points of Calvinism. There's still time to become a five-point Calvinist. We would like to thank Epic Church for this version of Psalm 134's from their Genevan Psalter album, which maybe you should check out if you thought this was rad. Otherwise, join us on Patreon, where you can listen to us talk to Pastor Jacob about some more inside Lutheran Reformed Baseball. All right, everybody, we will catch you next week.